Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu From the podcast team at Qalam We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan This month you can expect daily uploads That will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas All from our new campus Alhamdulillah If you benefit from this content Please give generously at supportqalam.com 100% of your donations today Go towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge To people around the world Jazakumullah khair Bismillah walhamdulillah Salatu wassalam ala rasulillah Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Allahumma salli ala sayyidina muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Allahumma barik ala sayyidina muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Allahumma balighna ramadhan ya arhamar rahimin We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To allow us to reach the blessed month of ramadhan اللهم إنا نسألك حبك وحب من يحبك وحب عمل يقربنا إلى حبك أرحم الراحمين يا الله we ask you for your love we ask you for the love of those actions that will gain your love and يا الله we ask you for the love of those people who you love يا أرحم الراحمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم so we're doing our last session before um, before inshallah Allah allows us to witness the blessed month of Ramadan um, and um, it's quite ironic because the topic that the author is speaking about um, tonight um, in our book that we're studying, Risalat al-Mustarshideen, is a topic that goes really well with being on the, um, you know, the beginning of Ramadan and just right there before we can witness the blessed month of Ramadan. Um, so we're going to jump straight into the author and let him guide us as always, inshallah ta'ala. Okay, bismillah. So the author, he says, وَجَدِّدْ فِي كُلِّ وَقْتٍ tawbah." He says, wajadid, wajadid. Jaddada in Arabic is to renew something. Jadid in Arabic is something that's new. So he says, wajadid fi kulli waqtin tawbah. In every moment of your life, renew your repentance with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and this is really deep because um, the idea of tawbah, many of us have this concept of tawbah of just like, let me ask Allah forgiveness for my sins. I do this periodically. Um, I, I do it, get rid of my sins, keep going, right? But the real concept of Toba, if we study the life of the Prophet, it was a lot more deep than that. And it's actually a state of mind. A Tawab, the one who's always seeking repentance, asking Allah for Toba for repentance to go back, it, it's a state of mind. So the first thing I think all of us need to realize is that we live in a time where, you know, it's speak your truth. You are what's right. You embody the truth. And so the idea of toba for many of us is kind of weird because toba means from the beginning, a recognition that I haven't reached the ideal and I haven't reached where I could and should reach. So the first thing that we all need to kind of embody before we talk about this topic of toba is that I'm not where I could be spiritually and I need to get there. And this idea that, oh, wherever I'm at, I'm good. No, that's not the prophet's mentality at all. The mentality is quite the contrary. It's quite the inverse, which is, no, at every moment I see that I can become better spiritually. And not only that, every moment that I get closer to Allah, I actually realize, man, I can't believe I was back there before. You know how sometimes you start to improve in something, you get better, right? In any field, I don't know, you could pick whatever field you want. And as you start to get better, you start to look at your old self. And you'd be like, dang, subhanAllah. Can't believe I said that. 
I can't believe that was me. You even get like ashamed thinking about things you said back in the day, right? I would tell y'all something, but I, I'm told I tell too much personal information in my halakas. <laughs> yes, and it's all good? Okay, so <laughs> my wife's going to hate me for this one, though. It's all good. Ramadan's coming. She can forgive me. So the idea is when you look back at your old self, sometimes you're like, I can't believe I said that I did that. It may not be funny to y'all, but it was really funny. So it was the first time I was meeting my wife. She's going to get hot. I know she's going to get hot. Okay, it's all good though. Alhamdulillah. So, you know, even in the Desi culture, you know, they bring the chai, the shy, you know? Yes, and y'all do that, Philistines? Bring the shy? Sister brings the shy to you? Uh, he trying to act like he don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, so she, so she brings the chai to me, right? Her pops is right there, okay? It's all culture, it's all halal. So she brings the, the chai to me and she's putting sugar in it. And she asked me, she, she goes, how many sugars do you, do you want? And I'm like, I like it sweet, right? <laughs> and she looked at me like, bruh, like my pops is right there. <laughs> Until today, when I look back at that moment, I just like, oh my God, man, what did I say? Cause I just wanted more sugar in the tea. So what I'm trying to say is that the believer is such, I'm so sorry, Sada, I'm sorry. <laughs> the believer is such, that every moment when they look back, they're also renewing the toba because they remember where they came from. And if we are moving forward, we're looking back and we're like, Astaghfirullah, I can't believe that's where I was last year in my faith. I can't believe that's where I was last week in my faith and so on and so forth. So the first thing I want us to understand with this concept of toba is it's not a one time thing. It's a state of living. It's a state of being. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a way you live. And to really bring this home, there's a hadith, the Rasul the Prophet himself, and I want y'all all to write or know this hadith. The Prophet he said in one hadith, he said, Ya ayyuhan nas, that means he's speaking to all of us. Oh, everyone, oh, everyone listening to me. Ya ayyuhan nas, tubu ila rabbikum. Always turn back to Allah. Tubu, because the word toba, we say repentance, but it actually just means to go back. Because it's like going back home. My man just went back home. He knows what's up. It's like going back home to go back. Okay? So that's the meaning of toba. The Rasul he said, Ya ayyuhan nas, tubu ila rabbikum. Do go back to your Lord. Now here's the key that's gonna is mind-blowing. He says, I, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, In one day, I do toba 100 times. 100 times. Now, now this for us is kind of like, wait, what's he doing toba from? What's he doing toba from? And so now I want to break this down because in these classes we go deep. So the first type of toba that we all do, the first type of toba that I had to do coming into Islam is toba from shirk, of associating partners with God. Like, astaghfirullah, I can't believe I was literally worshiping something other than God. Astaghfirullah, ya Allah, forgive me. Moving on. That's the first type of toba. Number one. You got that? Number two, the toba from the sins of your, your limbs, backbiting, hurting people, whatever, all the sins of the limbs that we do physically, that's the second type of toba that we do. Number three, the reason why you need to know these levels, because I don't care who you are in this room, 
Every single one of us has told what we need to do. Every single one of us has a position. And the crazy part is, you know how, like the better you get at something, the more you try to perfect that skill. Like if you're into art, right? You draw a beautiful picture. I'm sitting there like, man, mashallah. And you're like, no, I didn't blend it well here. You know what I mean? No, I didn't do this part good. And we're looking at it like, wow, that's amazing. So this is something, and it's not something to be scared of because it's a part of growth. But as you elevate yourself and you get closer to Allah, your toba becomes more like on, the, on these lower levels that I'm going to speak about right now. So what's the first level? Toba from worshiping other than Allah. And alhamdulillah, y'all born Muslims, y'all came out the womb, la ilaha illallah. MashaAllah, most, right? Most, most. Um, next thing, toba from sins that we do with our limbs. Things that we did, we physically did those things. Number three, toba from the sins of the heart. In this halaqa, we talk about so many of the sins of the heart. Hasid, uh, jealousy, hatred, uh, um, you know, arrogance, vanity, narcissism, all of these are sins of the heart. And you have to do toba from them. So that's level number three. And level number four, and this is the one that is kind of kind of up there. It's toba, repentance for the moments that you were heedless or you were you were heedless of God. You didn't do anything wrong, but you weren't thinking about God. You feel what I'm saying? Subhanallah, you know, one of the scholars, what's the dua? What's the dua you read when you leave the, the, the restroom? Uh, what is it? Alhamdulillah. You, when you leave the restroom, there's a dua the Prophet taught, which is Ghufranak. Oh Allah, forgive me. So some of the scholars are like, why would you say Ghufranak when you're leaving the bathroom? Why did the Prophet do that? Now, this might not be the right reason, but some scholars say it's because the Prophet in the bathroom was timed that he wasn't like literally doing dhikr of Allah because you don't do dhikr in the bathroom. And so that was time where he wasn't doing dhikr. So he would come out and say astaghfirullah for that time that I wasn't remembering Allah with my tongue. Now, all of us in here are like, oh my goodness, I'm so far from that. But that's the beauty of it. That the beauty is that kullu bani adam khatta. Every single one of us. This is the hadith of the prophet. Kullu bani adam khatta. Every single child of Adam is a sinner. And the best of those who are sinners are the ones who do tawbah. And so I just want us to really get to the point where we, we man up and woman up to the fact that we're sinners on whatever level of sin we're on. And then now we see how the prophet goes, alayhi salatu wassalam, in, I seek, I, I ask Allah for tawbah, forgiveness 100 times a day. There's another hadith I want to share with you where the Prophet Sallallahu he said, now explaining his tawbah, he said, He says, my heart gets rusty sometimes. What that means is like he's interacting with people and, and he's sometimes not as clear hearted as he wants to be. No sins, no sins of the heart, no bad thoughts, but his heart just is, isn't as clean as he wants it to be. So he says, Sometimes my heart gets rusty. Gets rusty. So what do I do? In one day and night, 70 times I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive me. 
So the, I just really felt that for many of us, we look for these grand occasions like, okay, Laylatul Qadr, Toba time, Ya Rab. When it's like prophesied, Sanam's like, in one day, 70 times, bro. One day, 70 times. Now, why do we need to do Toba? And this is why it's so good right before Ramadan. You know, dialogue. All right. So can someone tell me why you think it may be good before Ramadan to do Toba? Anything? A reset before. Anything else? Huh? Ooh, I love it. Haytham said, we don't know if we're going to make it to Ramadan. One of the, it's beautiful. One of the things that Imam Ghazali says is that one of the things that sins do to you, yes, they prevent you from doing acts of righteousness. Let me say that again. It takes away the tawfiq or like that ability, the desire. The tawfiq is the word in Arabic. It's that ability to do good deeds. Sins can come in the way of that. And so what is the one of the most beautiful things that we can do prior to the, to the month of Ramadan? One of the scholars, he said, just imagine a person in shackles. You know those pictures when we were kids, if someone was in prison, they had the big ball attached to their, to their ankle and they can't move because of that big heavy ball is holding them back. One of the scholars said, that's sins. That's it right there. And so the idea of Toba is like, break those shackles. They're holding you back. And there's so much good that you want to do. One of my... Uh, uh, who I look up to as a scholar. I, I, I tell my students all the time, I complained to him one day that I couldn't get up for Qiyamul Layl. Qiyamul Layl is a beautiful ibadah, Ramadan. We all about to see it, Tarawi, right? So I was like, I can't get up. Alhamdulillah, I can get up for Fajr, but I can't get up for Qiyamul Layl. He said, Mikael, you know what it is? There's some sin that you forgot. You got to do Toba from that. There's something. And that was it. He was like, just do Toba. And you'll find that Allah will give you the ability to do that action that you want to do. So the, the main reason I wanted us to highlight, the main reason we're doing Toba is it's going to open up those doors to all the righteousness that you want to do in your life. And especially in the month of Ramadan, there are sins that you are doing that are holding you back. And those sins, you just need to ask Allah subhanahu wa ya Allah, forgive me. And we're going to talk about more about this topic and, and a bit about the types of sins and things like that. So the second reason, what's the second reason why we need to do Toba? And I think this is the most beautiful. If someone is sitting in this room and, and, and you almost feel like, I don't even deserve to be around such good people. Like I feel I don't deserve to be here. My sins are crazy. Listen to this. One of the reasons we do Toba is because it gets you the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's a hadith that you must know. You must know this hadith. Allah loves the mu'min who is stuck in fitna, tawab, but keeps turning back to Allah. Stuck in fitna, you guys know what that means. Just stuck in a fitna, I can't get out of this fitna. But what do you do when you can't get out? One of the scholars, he says, shaitan made it a job to keep you back to sin. So now you make it a job to just keep doing tawbah. Shaitan made it. It's his job. I'm going to just keep making you slip up. That's all I'm going to do. I'm keep making you slip up. Hassan Basri. I'll share this with you. Hassan Basri. He said this. Hassan Basri is from our early generation. We're talking right after the Sahaba. Somebody came up to him and said this. He said, a man does a sin and does Toba. 
does the sin again, he does the sin again, does Tawbah again, he does the sin again, does Tawbah again. What do you say about this man? You know what Hassan Basri said? He said, He's like, that looks like a mu'min to me. Well, hold on, y'all didn't get it. He sins, Tawbah. Sins, Tawbah. Sins, Tawbah. Hassan Basri, what do you think about that man? Oh, that man's messed up. He's playing games with Allah. He thinks this deed is a joke. He said, no, no, that's a believer right there. That's a believer. That's a sign of a believer. And so shaitan always wants us to, to feel as if like, subhanAllah, that we're, um, we don't deserve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I wanted to share this hadith. In Allah, you hibba tawabin is the verse of the Quran. But the verse of the hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu says, indeed Allah loves the believer who's stuck in a fitna, but just keeps turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, Imam Ghazali, I wanted to share something with you because Imam Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, there are four types of people with Tawbah. Tawbah is to turn back to Allah. And he says there's four types of people. And I think knowing these four types of people will really give us a better understanding of how we should be. He says, look at the first type. This is the top level, top tier. Top tier of people who do Tawbah. He says, a ta'ib, this is a person who does Tawbah, right? And after they do Tawbah one time, they're good. They're good. Until they die, they're good. They did Tawbah once. And they don't get any sins. Nothing happens except the small things that happen to everyone. He says, this is the person that is nafsul mutma'inna. This is the highest level. You did Tawbah one time, you never looked back. You kept rolling. May Allah give us that level. Ameen, ameen. Number two. Number two. At-ta'ib. Does Tawbah. Qad salaka tariq al-istiqama. This person does Tawbah and then is walking down that path of righteousness. And you know what? They stay away from al-kaba'ir wal-fawahish. They stay away from all the big sins. They did Tawbah, now they're, they're on the path. They make small mistakes, but never on purpose, just a slip up. But things happen, they still slip up here and there, but never on purpose and never made your sins. This is level two. This is level two. Number three, he says, the third person is someone who does Tawbah. This person stays on the path for a month, two months, maybe a week, two weeks. But then their desires take over again. And before you know it, they're, they, they're, they, they dive back into that sin. They're covered in that sin completely. This person goes right back to the sin because they're too weak. This is a lot of us, right? This is a lot of us. But here's the thing. Even though they fall back into that sin, they love the obedience of Allah. And every time they fall back, they feel horrible. Astaghfirullah. Astaghfirullah. What did I do? I fell back into the sin. This is level three. And the last level before we go forward is, and this is dangerous. He says, someone who does Tawbah, they stay on the path for a short while and then they just go completely back into the sin, never looking back. And they don't even think about doing Toba. It doesn't come to the brain. See, number three, they keep thinking like, dang, I, I, I got to do Toba. This is wrong. Number four, they're like, I'm good. Mashi, I'm good. What? I ain't even doing a sin. It's all good. 
this dude on Google said it was halal. I'm good. You know what I mean? I'm good. Let's keep going. Imam Ghazali says this dude is dangerous. You know why? You never know when you're going to die. You never know. This is why when we get close to Ramadan, what does every sheikh say? What did the prophet say? Oh, Allah, let us reach Ramadan. Because once those gates open, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to be fasting. I'm going to be doing what I can. I'm going to be trying to control myself. I'm back. And so that's why everyone says, Ya Allah, let me reach Ramadan. And that's the dua we need to make right now. Oh Allah, allow me to reach Ramadan. Okay, there's one more thing I want to share about Toba. How can you stay strong on your Toba? I'm going to give you three really practical tips about how you stay strong on your repentance. Number one, uh, what's his name? Sidi Ahmed Zarruq, uh, a scholar from Fez. He says these, uh, early scholar. He says, number one thing that you have to do, you run from the place that you used to do that sin at. I told y'all the time when I left the kind of like left the and those those my, my, my uncles, they were like, don't come back. They understood if you try to stay around this area, you're gonna fall right back into that sin. So the first thing that Sidi Ahmed Zarruq he says. Don't think you're tough. A lot of times we do toba. about two weeks into it, we're like, oh, I can take it. We go right back to those friends. Let me kick it with them. Uh-uh, slip up. Right there. I'm good now. I went to three halakas. My iman is strong, yo. What's going on, bro? Let's kick it. Yo, I thought you, 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 yo. No, nah, I'm good, though. I'm good. And before you know it, <laughs> you back at the halakas like, dang, yo. <laughs> dang, yo, what I do? So number one, run from the places. This is something they teach in addiction as well. You don't go back to those places. You don't go back. Number two, nafs Okay. One of the things you learn in addiction therapy, my mother is an addiction counselor, okay, is that Within you, there's always a little bit of the remnants of that desire. Within you is always a bit of the remnants of that desire. So here's the deal. He says the second thing you have to do is always stay sus. You got to always think that there's still a little bit left inside. There's always a little bit left inside. Nah, it's still there, Mikayo. That's why in addiction, they'll be like, yo, my name is Michael. I'm an addict. You, you, done, you stopped drinking 15 years ago. Yeah, but yo, I don't trust this nafs. This nafs is dangerous. So that's the next thing. And, and subhanAllah, they even say, you know, even when you think back at the sin. Now, I don't want y'all to do this right now. But if you think back at a sin, see the Ahmed Zarruq, he says, don't think too much about it. Yeah, <laughs> I said, you get what I'm saying? You don't sit there and be like, dang, that sin was horrible. Nah, nah, don't think about it. Let it go. Keep it behind you. The third thing he says to keep you away from falling back into the sin. What was number one? What was number one? Run away from the place. Number two, what was number two? Stay, stay sus. Okay. Always doubt yourself that it's still inside of you. Okay. Number three, he says, you got to busy the self with the thing that's the opposite of it. You got to put something in its place. 
You gotta, you gotta sub switch that out and put something that will keep you busy in place of that. Idle mind is Satan's workshop. Exactly. Okay. So see the Ahmed Zaruk rahimahullah. These are the main things. And now obviously the opposite of these things he says are the things that will make you just give up your toba. Number one is ghafla of your remorse. You stop feeling bad about the sin. You stop feeling bad about the sin. Now I want to share something else and I'm going to go on to the next topic. Whenever we have a quality that we, and I've shared this with you before, but I think it can really connect. One of the things that I think helps a lot when you have a trait that you want to stop is to describe yourself with that trait. What do I mean? Okay. If someone in here binge watches Netflix, for example, who in their right mind wants to do that? Everyone, no fit involved. No one thinks that's a good thing to do. So let's just use that as an example. Binge watches stuff, right? Okay. You know what we'll say to people when we talk to them? We'll say, yeah, sometimes I watch a lot of Netflix. Sometimes I watch a lot of Netflix. When it's a good quality, check this, Yezin. When it's a good quality, what do we say? You went to the gym one time. What do you say? I work out. <laughs> or, or you use the ism, you use the noun. You ran, you ran one time, I'm a runner. I'm a runner. You don't say for the good things, sometimes I work out, sometimes I happen to run. You'd be like, oh, I'm a runner. Yeah, I, 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 I'm a Brazilian jujitsu, you know, thing. My wife's like, bro, you, you went like three classes. I'm like, they don't know. So what am I trying to highlight? Now, this is powerful. If you were to write in your journal or even say to yourself, Mikael, you are addicted to Netflix and you spend hours watching it. You will sit there and be like, Astaghfirullah, I can't believe I do that. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So don't write off the bad you do as one-offs. And the good you do, write it off as a one-off. Until you build that thing that it is embedded in you. Embedded it. Does that make sense? The, the things we don't do, put that on you. No, I, I do that. That is me. And you will start to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, oh my God, I, I actually am addicted to binge watching, binge watching five hours, four hours of Netflix. This is horrible. I can't believe that's me. And it will help you get rid of that sin. Okay, so this is this is Imam Muhasibi. I'm going to move on here. So what was his advice to us? I'm going to read it again. Jadid fi kulli waqtin tawbah. In every moment, renew your tawbah. Don't matter what level you are, just keep renewing that tawbah over and over. Astaghfirullah. Astaghfirullah. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. Ya Allah, forgive me. Ya Allah, forgive me. What did you do? Nothing, man. Nothing. You riding with your boy and he's sitting there just like, Astaghfirullah. And you're like, what happened? Where? He's like, nah, nah, I'm just trying to clean my heart. Just trying to clean my heart. May Allah make it easy for us before the month of Ramadan to do that toba. Now, one more thing, I'm sorry. Imam Ghazali, one of the conditions of toba is you feel remorse. But how many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we have a sin that I don't feel remorseful about? Let's be real. I have a sin that I'm doing and I honestly don't feel that remorse. So Mikael, you're telling me I need to have remorse but I don't have it. You know what Imam Ghazali says? He says, remorse is not something you can control. What you can control is your fear of God that, Ya Allah, I don't want your punishment and Ya Allah, I love you. So he says, that's what it means to be remorseful, that you love God, 
and you hate his punishment. And so you just keep saying to yourself, y'all, I know this displeases you and I don't want to displease you. So don't focus on your ability to build remorse in your heart. You can't do that. You can't do that. Now you can ask Allah, Ya Allah, take the love of this out of my heart. But at the same time, understand that remorse is not something in our control. And so what's in our control is the ability to do tawbah, ask Allah for forgiveness and the ability to say, Ya Allah, I love you and I know you hate this. Ya Allah, I, I hate your punishment and I know this can bring me to that. But the first thing, guys, is just be real with ourselves and, and accept the wrong that we do and don't write it off. So what does the Imam say? He says, in and in every moment of your life, just keep renewing your toba. Then he says, switching the tone. As we know, this book, the style of it, he doesn't stay on one topic forever. He says, divide your day into three different hours, he says. An hour for knowledge, an hour for action, and an hour to fulfill your rights in the rights of your family. What he's trying to teach us here is three important aspects. Number one, knowledge. Why are we all here? We all came to learn for inspiration, to learn something. So first thing that we need is knowledge. You can't even do toba until you know what's wrong. How many Muslims grow up and you reach like 18, 19, like, yo, I didn't even know that was haram. I didn't even know that was wrong. So that's where knowledge comes in. You have to learn, you have to learn. The next thing after knowledge, the benefit of knowledge is that you can do something with that knowledge is ama, action. Now it's crazy, just a little bit of a geeking out here on the Arabic, okay? So if you look at the words in Arabic, just bear with me, okay? The word ilm, okay? If you just think about it in Arabic, it's ayn, lam, mim, okay? You with me? If you don't get me, just, just, just do that. It helps me, okay? Cool, all right. In the middle letter, there's a lamb, okay? And on top of the lamb is something called a sakin or a sukun, okay? And they say the reason that there's a sukun on the lamb is because to learn, you need to be calm. You need to calm down, put your phone away, sit down, be there, be present. Don't worry about where you gotta go. Don't worry, just be there, be present. And if you look at the word amal, the middle letter is a meme, but there's a haraka. All right, I'll get out the Arabic stuff in a moment. Just, just pleasure me, please. There's a, there's a, there's a haraka on the lamb. Haraka, you know, fatabama haraka. What does haraka in Arabic mean? Haytham, haraka, movement. Because amal needs movement. So knowledge needs calmness. But when it's time to work, when you need volunteers, we gotta move. When it's time to do stuff, when we're trying to help people, when we're trying to do stuff, we need movement, y'all. But when it's time to learn, we gotta calm down. So knowledge is the first thing that we all need to seek. Talibul al Faridah. Mufti Kamani has been talking about this in his halakas. Our coming tonight is all about knowledge, right? The next thing that we need is amal. But we don't just learn. We got to act. We got to act. All that knowledge, it, it doesn't benefit if you don't do something with it. And then the third thing he says that your time should be divided for is your own hukuk. Don't forget about yourself. A lot of us are empaths. So we worry about the whole world. But we forget ourselves. So he says here, take care of yourself. Now, listen, in the month of Ramadan, there's going to be a lot of volunteer opportunities. There's going to be a lot of charity, a lot of that. But guess what? Yo, don't forget about yourself. This is your month. This is your spiritual month. Now, I am not negating the volunteer. I'm not negating that. 
I'm just saying, don't forget yourself. Make sure you have time for you and your family. That's the most important for sure. Because if you're good, then you can help other people. You'll be good. So that's his advice. He says, make your time into three hours. Time to learn knowledge. Knowledge of what's good, what's bad, what Allah loves, what the Prophet has taught. Learn it. I'm going to add something, yo. I think a lot of us is scared to learn. Why? Faiz, why are we scared to learn? Responsibility. Responsibility. Yeah. He's going to say that? Huh? Accountability. Accountability. So you so 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 yeah, so hold up. Y'all agree? Okay. So if I'm driving down the street and I hit 50 and I get pulled over. Hold up, hold up. And I tell the cop I ain't know. I'm good. I'm good. The responsibility is there. We're responsible before Allah. I can't I can't use ignorance. I can't use ignorance as a cop out to the cop. Because you driving the car means you're supposed to know the speed limit. You living as a Muslim means you're supposed to learn what we're supposed to do. Ignorance ain't a cop out. Just like not knowing this. I didn't know, officer. He's like, well, now you do. <laughs> well, now you do. You won't speed next time. So, so all I'm trying to say is don't use that as an excuse. And one more thing. You may learn it now, and there may become there may be 10 years later when you get the ability to act on it. Doesn't mean you can't learn it though. You may learn it today and get the tofiq way down the line. So, so don't let that be something that deters you from learning knowledge. Learn it. There are so many things that I would learn as a convert, and I'm like, yep, can't do that yet. Inshallah, inshallah, yes, inshallah. Correct? I remember when I converted, the first time I converted, they're like, All right, you know there's five prayers a day. I was like, I. The first two weeks, I got I was getting three in. I was happy. I got three today. I got three. And later, when I get to five, I'm like, stuff, I was doing three a day. But they didn't hold the knowledge back. They didn't hold the knowledge back. They understood. This young man seems like he's got his head on. He knows what Islam is about. So they said, son, you know, there's five prayers. I'm like, yeah, okay. So the point I'm trying to say is you can grow into your knowledge too. But don't miss the opportunity because guess what? There's a narration. There's a narration of Umar ibn Khattab. Hear me out on this. He said, learn before you get in charge. I'm going to hold up. My son is distracting people. Learn. Learn before you get in charge. What that means is time ain't waiting. You're going to be a mother soon. You're going to be a father soon. And you're like, oh, I was waiting to learn this knowledge for later. Learn now. Learn now. So when that time comes, you have that knowledge. Even if it's not time to act. You don't have the capacity yet to act. That's okay. Learn that knowledge. Learn that knowledge, inshallah. So I just want to share because I think some, some of us, we know we could go and start learning more, but it's like, man, if I learn more, then I'm held accountable. And I'm like, you already accountable, yo. We already accountable. So learn it and ask Allah to give you the ability to act on it, inshallah. Next advice he gives us. 
Any questions on that comments? Y'all good? Yes, brother. Generally speaking, like someone who doesn't know Prophet Muhammad, never even heard of him, is not accountable before God to ashadu an la ilaha illallah, ashadu an Muhammad or Rasulullah, of course. But when you accept Islam, when I came into Islam and said la ilaha illallah, Muhammad or Rasulullah, I, I kind of accepted everything that he, he brought. Now, there is a higher level of accountability for those who have knowledge. But to just come on, your, let me give an example. There's, there's still a base accountability, but it shifts, okay? It's a great question. The question, let me reiterate the question. The question is like, wait, if I don't know, isn't there this concept that I'm not accountable for what I don't know yet? Yes and no. You're excused for what you don't know. Hear me out on this. But you're not excused for not knowing. Yesen, I can hold you accountable for why didn't you learn? when you could have. Okay, you don't know now, you're not accountable for that. But you are accountable for you wasting the opportunity to actually learn the knowledge. So there's a level of accountability. Why didn't you try to learn what God wanted from you? You feel me? I'll make it easy. Tell you. Okay, his next advice. We'll just do a bit more because, I mean, it's almost Isha time. So we'll just do one or two more advices and we'll be done. Last one, actually. This is a heavy one, okay? Listen, until the hereafter, heaven and hell become more of a reality to you, it's very hard to stay motivated and do what you have to do. Let me give you an example of the the most extreme example. In the battle of Uhud, the, the, they thought the prophet was dead, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, because Mus'ab bin Umar had just been killed and he was handsome. He looked just like the prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the prophet was wearing armor anyway, so they couldn't recognize him. Mus'ab bin Umar is, is killed. And the mushrikeen, they're like, we killed Muhammad, we killed Muhammad. So a lot of the Muslims, they started to get panicked. They didn't know what to do. They were confused. And some of them are just like sitting down, like, I quit, I'm lost, I, I'm confused. So one of the Sahaba whose heart was in it, he was running towards the enemy, right? And one of the other person, he's like, where are you going? And he says to him, I'm going to Jannah. I can smell it right by that mountain. He says, I can smell it by that mountain. And sure enough, he goes and he, he fights and, and he, he dies in battle. What am, I, what am I trying to say? What was the motivation for this person to run into that situation, to do what he had to do? The motivation was that Jannah for him became something like they saw. It became real for them. And so what, what, what the Quran does, and I, I want you all to read the translation of the Quran this Ramadan. Um, can you hand me a Mus'haf? Can you hand me a Mus'haf real quick? I want to read one part of the Quran, but when I read this, I need you to embody it as I read it. Because I want to do this experiment. I want you to see how this this. Give me English for brother. Okay, sorry. Okay, mashallah. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm just going to read from Surah Zuma, and I'm gonna read it to you. And you can close your eyes. You can put yourself there. I don't want you to focus on me. I want you to focus on the picture that's being depicted here. Let me just find this the the verse. Surah Zuma. It's at the end of Surah Zuma. Okay. Um, and we'll probably end with this because the time will be up. Okay. Listen closely. Please don't focus on me. Focus on the words. 
I'll do my best. I'm going to read the Arabic and I'm going to translate it and put you in that place. And I, I want you to experience what it means to focus on the Akhirah. <laughs> And then the trumpet will be blown. Don't focus on me. Focus on the moment. The trumpet will be blown and every human being dies, passes out, is dead, laying flat. Every single human being on earth. Men fill all the women fill sama. Everyone and all the angels all pass out. And then the, the angel with, that has the trumpet, Israfil, Raphael, he blows it again. And now everyone is standing and looking around. It's the day of judgment. Everyone just standing, looking around. The Prophet said, you have nothing on your feet, no clothes, nothing. You're all just standing there waiting now. What's the next thing that's going to happen? And the earth that we're standing on is now reflecting the light of God. It's so bright around you. And all of the books from everyone's actions are being brought forward. And all the prophets are brought on the side. All the prophets, every prophet is brought. And all the martyrs. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will judge them and none will be oppressed. And every person will now start to be given exactly what they did. Whatever you did, that's what you're getting. And now all the groups are separated. The believers are on one side. You, all of your crew, everyone you know, your mom, your dad, the people you, you, you prayed with, you fasted with, you ran with, the people you love, they're all on one side. And an other group, other people. And Allah says, And then the angels, they come behind this group where all those who disbelieved in Allah or who were major sinners, they're all being now pushed, pushed towards Jahannam in a group. Go, move, go forward. Keep moving, keep moving. And then they get to the gates of hell. And they're all standing before these massive gates, crowds and crowds of people being pushed from behind. Millions and millions of people being pushed. Now they arrive at these gates, but they're not open. The gates are closed. And then they're opened. The heat from them, it comes in. Everything they can see inside. And now as they're being pushed through the gates, there's these angels standing at the top of the gates, speaking down to them, saying, Didn't a prophet come to y'all? Didn't somebody come and tell you? Didn't a prophet come reciting the verses to you? This is being said while they're being pushed through those gates. Didn't you get the message? Didn't you hear? Didn't a prophet come and tell you that this day was coming as you're walking and being pushed forcefully through these gates? And these people being forced through, they just look at the angels and they say, Bala, yes. 
what can we say now? ولكن حقت كلمة العذاب على الكافرين. But the word of God has been proven true against us. Then the angels will say to this group, as they're still being pushed in, whole group. قيل دخلوا أبواب جهنم خالدين فيها. So now enter in, go in. That's it. And now the picture changes to the other group of the believers and their families. And they're shining with light and nur. They're happy because they know where they're going. They see who's around them. And now the group of believers are escorted towards Jannah. They're not being pushed. Marhaban bik. Fadda, sharafna. Come on in. Come on in. Now they reach the gates of Jannah. And the gates are already open. Why are we going to make you wait? You don't wait so much in the dunya. You get to the gates, the gates already open. And the angels are standing on top of the gates. And what are they saying? We saw you in the dunya. Salaam alaikum. How you doing? Salaamun alaikum tibatum. Oh, you did good, y'all. You did it. You made it, man. You made it. Tibatum fadhuluha khalidin. Come in forever now. Come on in. Come on in. And now the believers walking in, what will they be saying to each other? They'll say, Alhamdulillah, Allah kept his promise. And now Allah has given us this whole earth to live on. We can go wherever we want. What a great reward for the people who do action. It's a beautiful verse. My point in reciting this to you is that one of the most powerful things that you can do is walk yourself through your own passing. Walk yourself through your time in the grave. Walk yourself through the moment you stand before Allah. Walk yourself through that. And I guarantee you, the next time you stand up to pray, it will be a completely different experience. I'm going to end with one hadith, which is in Bukhari. We have to stop right now. The Prophet ﷺ, he said that there are angels, that all they do is travel the earth and look for gatherings of people remembering Allah. When they find the gathering, they call the other angels, come, come, yo, we found there's a group of people remembering Allah. And it, the prophet said, then they stand on one another all the way to the heavens. And these angels go to Allah and Allah asks them, listen closely. Allah asks them, what were my servants doing when you left them? The angels were saying, they were sitting remembering you. They were talking about Jannah. They were talking about paradise. And, and Allah will say, did they see it? They say, no, they haven't seen it. And Allah will say, how would they have acted if they had seen it? And the angel said, if they had seen it, they would work even harder for it. And then Allah says, what were they seeking refuge from? He will say, oh, the angels will say they were seeking refuge from hell. Allah will say, did they see it yet? They'll say, no, they didn't see it yet. How would they be if they saw it? The angels will say they would even seek it, would seek refuge even more. Allah says, you are my witness. I forgive them. I'll give them what they seek and I'll
protect them from what they seek refuge from. We need to see it. You need to make yourself see that reality that the prophets have taught us, that the Quran teaches us. This is a beautiful, just two ver five verses from the Quran about us walking into Jannah. And look how your heart was just, look what it did to you. It's the Quran. It's Allah saying, let me show you before I show you. So may Allah give us tawfiq in this blessed month. Pick up the English Quran, read it, read it. Dive into it. But every night, walk yourself through those moments when you leave. And you'll wake up for Fajr, you will, a whole different um, energy to our ibadah. So may Allah give us tawfiq. This is our last halakha before Ramadan. Um, please, 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 I'm asking a favor. Can y'all please make dua for me and my family? And I'll make dua for y'all as well, by name, inshallah. Um, may Allah make it easy, allow us to reach Ramadan. I'll see you on the other side of Ramadan, inshallah. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum. Subhanu rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursaneen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.